welcome to Media MD, your fortnightly Doof Network dose of media that you have somehow missed. I am Ruben Morehouse. And I'm Elliot Diebolz. And keen-eared listeners may have noticed that that intro has slightly changed this week. Um, why is that, Elliot? Wait, it changed? You, oh, well, you're clearly not a keen-eared listener. <laughs> um, yeah, so like, like two uh, stars orbiting each other for ages, slowly being drawn in... Um, we have more what? efficiently joined with the Doof Media Network. I, I, I had a clear analogy in my head, but I kind of lost the plot over the course of that sentence. Um, yeah, no, as Ruben said, obviously, you know, listeners of this podcast will know Deep Impact, our other podcast, because we plug it all the time. Um, and, and that's been on the Doof Network for a while. And, uh, you know, we're very proud to say that Scott and Matt have, uh, you know, said that Media MDs welcome on board mm-hmm. as well. Um, and the uh, Australian takeover of the Doof Network is one step closer towards completion. <laughs> um, yeah, obviously we're really happy that uh, MediaMD has been kind of properly brought into the fold as opposed to kind of half standing in the door and half standing outside in the cold. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're excited to we're excited to uh, to be sharing recommendations with more people. And um, actually, since we're properly joining the network, there might be some other exciting things happening soon uh, for the show. Um, yes, we can't go into those quite yet. Oh, it's just but, a little teaser. Uh, you know, stay tuned. So, for the people who are listening to this episode for the first time as the first episode, um, I'm just going to warn you, this is not what our show is normally like, because it's a very special time of year. It's the uh, third anniversary of us starting this show, right, Elliot? Yeah, and so at the end of every year, uh, we do one of our annual checkups because we have a very tight medical theme to this podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, very consistent. <laughs> uh, and so basically the premise of the annual checkup is we go back and discuss all of our old episodes uh, because, you know, we prescribe each other to think uh, we prescribe each other uh, each other things. <laughs> well, yeah, let's cover the let's cover the format for those of us who who are new to the show. Um, what we do here at Media MD is each fortnight, one of us hosts will prescribe Describe a piece of media that we've really enjoyed to the other host, uh, and they will have two weeks to go and read it or watch it or listen to it or whatever it is, um, along with the audience, of course. Uh, and then uh, we'll come back in two weeks to talk about it again and prescribe the next thing. So it's kind of like a book club, but uh, we don't just do books. We do all kinds of stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, it, it's fun to join in for something you haven't seen and experience it with whoever's being recommended it. Or if it's something you love, it's fun to pile on with whoever recommended it and uh, tell everyone why it's fantastic and their opinions are wrong if they disagree. Um, yes. Um, of course, since we only have a fortnight to cover the thing, sometimes if it's a larger TV show, like one of our first episodes or was if Stargate SG-1. Yeah, or if somebody's recommending short web serials like Worm. Yep, which also happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and of course, the thing has more content afterwards. We can't talk about all of it. And so that's what our annual checkup is for. We have a chance to go back through and retouch on some of the things from our older episodes things that we have more to say on. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and also we often pick things that are still ongoing, so there's often more to talk about because, you know, a new season or whatever is out of whatever we want to talk about. Yeah. So let's get into it. Um, before we start talking about some of the stuff that we've already talked about, let's do the funnest part of any podcast, the data. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I have tabulated, calculated. You've, I, you've sent it off to Computron. Yeah, I can't think of a third synonym. Uh 
<laughs> for the the data. So you know, going through obviously, Computron's good with numbers, not with words. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So obviously, a, a hugely important part of our format is that we give uh, everything a score out of ten <laughs> at the end. Uh, yes, and uh, it's it's really a very slow indictment of the whole <laughs> review score culture, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, especially because. I mean, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know about you, but personally, I, I don't trust my scores at all. Like, like looking back over <laughs> yeah. some of these, I was like, oh, that's wrong. They're very not objective. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, we still number crunch them and, and talk about them in the annual checkup for some reason. So, mm-hmm. uh, Ruben, would you like to guess who had the higher average score as a recommender this year? I, I'm pretty sure I've had it for the past two years, so I'm just going to say me again. Yeah, it was you. Yeah, you three for three. Yes! I've got to stop volunteering for these Christmas ones. They really tank my stats. <laughs> yeah, really. What was the score for Gremlins? Uh, Gremlins end? is the highest rated Christmas episode of all time, getting nice. a whopping six out of ten. Um, <laughs> it's actually solid. a significant margin over the other two, but let's not what come was into the, that. It was Robbie the Reindeer and... Um, yeah. I, oh, the Star Wars Holiday <laughs> Special, of course. <laughs> yeah um but this year man i've got it um mm-hmm. yeah so so yeah so you uh you had a interesting you you had the highest score also with a lower standard deviation so you're more mm. consistently recommending me good stuff or maybe i'm just more consistently giving the same sorts of scores um yeah and whereas mine are all over the place my standard deviation was over one so you know i'm I'm all over the place. Uh, but yes. So so the It's all the kids movies, man. The Land Before Time yeah. as well. Like you just it's, have this habit. Of... In fact, speaking of The Land Before Time, uh that was oh, my no. that was my lowest ranking recommendation Ooh. this year. Uh Tough. so you know, ending ending the year on a high note over here. Um mm-hmm. the the best thing I recommended, well there's actually a three-way tie. Um the Raid, Apocalypto, and Comrade Detective all tied for first. I was going to say, I thought Comrade Detective was your top, and I, I'm glad I was there. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then uh, on, on your side, uh, you had a three-way tie for the lowest scores I gave, uh, which was Final Space, Police Story, and 36 Questions, which really goes to show how, wow. how, shit, how shit my <laughs> scoring on the day is. You didn't like... Um, I can understand Final Space. Police story? That's great. Uh, Same with 36 questions. Yeah, 36 questions is really the one where when that showed up on the minimum list, I was like, how did that happen? Like, I'm an idiot. Um, yeah. Anyway, and then your best things were Prisoners and David Tennant does a podcast with, um, mm. which that, that last one I definitely very much stand by. That was a great one. Yeah. Cool. Any more data to crunch? Uh, no, that's that's really all the highlights. Good stuff. I'm, you know what I've been getting back into? No, you know what? We can save it for when we talk yeah. about it in a bit more detail. Okay. I guess I guess the only <laughs> other thing to say is, um, you know, obviously we had uh, Scott and Matt uh, as guests. Mm. Uh, our, they were our only guest uh, recommenders this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and their, their scores were sort of right bang in the middle of our averages. So they're, they're bringing the same level of quality we are to the podcast, which is very disappointing for them, surely. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but they did bring our longest ever episode. So yes, uh, yes, our episode with Scott is the only one that sits at the same length as the annual checkups. Damn, solid effort there, Scott. <laughs> um, All right, yeah. So that's we... that's the data, you know. And now we get into the boring bits where we actually talk about stuff yeah. we like. Ugh. Media. Who who wants to talk <laughs> about media on a podcast as well? Oh. Um, yeah. So let's go through it. Uh, what, so the first thing that was uh, recommended this year was Prisoners. Do we have anything mm. we want to talk about here? Um, I mean, I, wait, I, I really loved this movie. Um, I guess uh, Dennis, like the director, has 
I think it's Denis, but yeah, oh, I'll it? allow yep. it. Okay. <laughs> Old mate Dennis uh, has, yep. uh, he's doing the Dune movie, right? Which, yes. Um, I, I'm not familiar with Dune, like, at all, uh, mm. but I know a lot of people really love it. And, like, I see some of the, like, casting announcements and stuff that come out about this movie, and it just sounds like almost everyone worth having in Hollywood has signed on. So it's going to yeah. be epic from the looks of it. Yeah, it really does seem like... I mean, that's the thing about it to me, though, is uh, it, it gives me that vibe of a project that's so big that it's just going to fail, you know? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I mean, it, it's going to be interesting either way, right? Like, it, it, it's yeah. so big, it's either going to fail hard or it's going to be incredible. And either way, that's going to be really interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, and I guess Denis Villeneuve has enough, uh, has enough kind of sci-fi chops to be able to pull it off with Arrival and, and Blade Runner. Yeah, exactly. I loved Blade Runner 2049. I think we talked about this mm. in the Prisoners episode. Uh, so, yep. yeah, I, I'm, I'm willing to put my faith in him. All right. Well, I guess we'll see. Um, we talked about X-Files next. That was the next prescription. And uh, something interesting that's kind of happened is the X-Files came out and then also that uh, the Twilight Zone reboot came out and there have been a few kind of revitalizations of these this style of like little uh, snapshot of science fiction style uh, stories. And I don't think any of them have really done very well. No, I, I completely missed the, the Twilight Zone stuff, um, mm. which, you know, kind of, speaks to how much of an impact it made um yeah yeah i mean the new x-files stuff was i I think most of that had come out when we did the episode on it so yeah i'm probably retreading old ground here but um the episodic like standalone bits of the new x-files is possibly some of the best x-files there ever was and it was when they tried to deal with their fucking mess of an overarching (laughs) plot that it was just boring as hell yeah, I think we definitely touched on that in the episode, but it's worth pointing out the only X-Files episode that I remember at all is the one with um with Kumail Nanjiani and what's his name? Uh oh, you know who I mean. Reese Darby. New Zealander, yeah, Reese Darby, yeah. Um yeah, um, that way that mo- that that episode was exactly what I was thinking of when I said the new yeah. ones are, uh the episodic ones are top tier because that episode was fantastic. Yeah, it was very good. Um, um, but, like, the original seasons of this show are still really great. Like, they've actually been airing them on SBS here in Australia in the afternoons. And sometimes, like, I, I come home and one's on and I've just kind of been watching them. Like, just because mm-hmm. some of those old ones are, like, you know, it's a classic for a reason. Like, those first few seasons had some real gems. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I kind of see that, but it's in that position for me where I enjoyed it but not enough to get past the things that (laughs) were like too old school about it for my tastes yeah i think in retrospect this is not something unless someone's already a sci-fi like nerd i'd probably just be like here's some cherry-picked episodes for you to check out that are good on on their own and don't don't bother with the rest of the mess yeah um yeah it definitely had the vibe of something that i wanted to enjoy more than i actually did (laughs) and speaking of let's move on to the next prescription that we did which was uh final space um yeah which has had a new season out and it's there there are like what five episodes of it out now or something yeah it's not on netflix anymore so it's really hard to watch it and apparently that's enough of a barrier to me (laughs) that i actually haven't gone and sorted out yeah i mean i'm definitely keen to check out season two but yeah as far as i'm aware there's no legal way to watch it here in australia yet like i think wasn't it like a partnership between netflix and cbs or something yeah uh yep. and so i think it airs in cbs in america and then like the whole season will probably get dumped on netflix here when it's done so 
Um, yep. We'll probably have more to say about this in next year's annual checkup when we actually get to watch season two in Australia. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the the fact that I watched Final Space can be kind of boiled down to Netflix really being good at advertising stuff to you when you're already kind of on there looking for something to watch. And without that, I just yeah. haven't watched the second season. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, when they started advertising it to me, I'll probably be like, oh, yeah, I liked Final Space. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, Let's talk about, uh, well, so the next few recommendations were, uh, prescriptions were The Raid, uh, Police Story, and Rake. And I don't think we really have anything to say about any of those. Um, I wonder if any of our non-Australian viewers have uh, have ever heard of Rake. Yeah, I mean, I definitely recommend it. I, like, obviously, Ruben and I both lived in America for a while, and I, I got a couple of Americans, uh, like, you know, I had friends over there, and I got them into Rake, and they all loved it. Um, so I definitely recommend checking it out. I'm pretty sure it's yeah. on US Netflix. Um, oh, there you go. Or at least it used to be. Uh, and yeah, like it, it's it's a very good, very funny show. Um, you, could, you should listen to our episode if you want if you want to get the four one one. I think that episode came out right around when the last season was finishing. And I don't know if you made it any further than you did during the episode. I, I didn't. I I. It's the kind of show. It kind of occupies that place in my head of like. I like that enough that I would want to watch it if I didn't have so many other things to watch. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is this is really the problem that sprouted up in the last, like, five years, right? Is there's yeah. so much more... There's just too much good yeah. stuff. Yeah, saying I can't be bothered to watch something isn't an indictment of a show anymore like it used to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about The Dragon Prince, which was the next prescription, mm-hmm. uh, which was only up to season one when we first talked about it. Yeah. But season two has come out, and uh, it's good. Like, I, you know... It, Kept consistent the level of quality that was uh, that made season one good. I think. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Um, I, I like. I heard for other people that there was less of that motion, whatever frame rate stuff going on, yeah. which never really bothered either of us. Yeah, that much. it was never really um, a thing to me either. Yeah. So you know, so for people who that bothered, apparently it's a lot better in season two. But uh, yeah, like I, I really like it. I just these these little eight or nine episode seasons. Um. It, it, you know, it's just, it's a real slow burn getting through it. Um, yeah. Like- it, has, it has this interesting vibe. So we, we were we, we were on uh, some episodes of the Doofcast talking about Avatar, which obviously is the comparison that has to be made every time we talk about the Dragon Yes, Prince. well, and I mean, Netflix um, Netflix invites that because they advertise oh, yeah. uh, Aaron House as, as the creator and, and obviously yeah, he's famous and, and- for his work in uh, Last Airbender. And Jack Decina, the voice actor for soccer, is is yeah. Callum in Dragon Prince. Um, but one of the things that I realized after we had gone back to watch Avatar is the seasons in Avatar actually really have quite a consistent and self-contained overarching story of the season. Mm. Whereas the Dragon Prince feels like it's got a long story and they've kind of just arbitrarily chopped it up into seasons. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're chopping it up at turning points. Like, season one ended with the, yes. with the dragon hatching. Season two ended at something I'm not going to say because spoilers, I guess. But, um, yeah. It, yeah, it definitely... The, the two seasons didn't feel as thematically distinct as Avatar did when we went yeah. back for the Doof cast. Yeah. Um, having said that, still a great show. Oh, and yeah. I'm going to shoehorn in another little bit here because I don't know where else to put it. But um, Jack Decina, the voice actor of, of Callum, also has a, a YouTube channel with his friend Chris Smith where they do a bunch of sketch comedy. And I, I always want to plug this every time I can because it's so funny. Check it out. It's called Chris and Jack. It's great. Yeah, I think you've told it, me about this once, but I haven't really watched it. 
I'm gonna keep plugging it until the day I die. <laughs> if you like the style of 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 like Sokka's character and Callum's character in in Avatar and Dragon Prince respectively, you'll love these. They're like you know, it's just you good YouTube sketch comedy. Check well, it out, well, have fun. Because I'm pretty sure. I'm, wait, not not to dwell on Avatar too much. Um, but like soccer in avatar was originally actually meant to be quite a serious like yes. downer character and then <laughs> yeah for some reason they still cast jack decina uh and then after listening to him they're like oh no he's going to become like the comic relief and and it's something yes. you know, the character does very well because jack decina is very good at it yes exactly um and that exact same style of of comedy that really built soccer up comes through in these sketches as well yeah um, i think the one <laughs> the, the one episode of their youtube channel i've seen is uh the is it july 5th park or something J- july 6th park, july 6th please. Park. <laughs> yeah I'm an idiot. Um, which is a kind of jurassic park version of the may the 4th being star wars day one of them gets really hyped up about pitching july 6th park as a <laughs> jurassic park themed holiday <laughs> and they're all hilarious like this um there's a lot of great stuff in there so i definitely recommend checking it out yeah. Um, so the next recommendation uh, was I brought you *Sapiens: A Brief History of Humankind*, the the book. Yes. Now I have a copy of uh, 21 Lessons for the 21st Century*, literally sitting on my desk right in front of me, and I have not read it yet. <laughs> uh, I, I haven't read that one. I think I was just starting, or like halfway through uh, the sequel to *Sapiens*, which is *Homo Deus*. Uh, during yep. the recording, obviously f- finished that a while ago now, but I, I really enjoyed both. Um, Homo Deus is is a bit more interesting because it gets even more theoretical. Like he's talking about where Mm. humans might go, but it's all sort of grounded in historical examples and and psychological examples of varying degrees of uh, how confident I am that they're valid um <laughs> sure but you know it, it's really fun I, the like the sequel very much gave me the same sense as the first which there was just lots of interesting fun facts and uh different ways of thinking about everyday stuff which is you know what i what i came for yeah um yeah and I, I remember when when we talked about sapiens uh one of my complaints about it was towards the end it kind of did get into a bit of this future stuff and it really felt like it was an afterthought um yeah but apparently deus is able to explore that with the level of kind of detail that that sells it a lot more yeah yeah i agree i thought the book the book was really well structured um and yeah i yeah i liked it if you enjoy the first one i definitely think it's worth giving the second one a crack okay cool um next was the good place interesting Mm. um now how far did we get through of this maybe like the first season and a half yeah gosh um i i don't remember um i think season three had just started but i don't know if i quite made it that far during yeah, the two weeks i think that's the case um i mean i finished it all now um i think because I, yeah. I definitely i was following the la- the second half of season three at least like week to week yeah um yeah yeah i don't know I, and it's just been announced that season four will be the last i'm pretty sure yes Not just which announced, like, recently announced it i think it is the right move i think it's a show that redefined itself from season to season so radically that it it kind of I think it has been relatively consistent, but mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know. It, I think it's right to to let it wind down. Well, it's it's been uh, unlike any other sort of show from um oh god, what's his name? Um, I cannot remember. Oh, Michael Sher. Yeah, Michael Sher. I I, I want to say I remembered it before I googled it. <laughs> I know I heard that typing Ruben um yeah uh no so unlike any other Michael Schur show this one was much more story driven which was something we talked about at length during our good place episode um 
but like for me that's why it makes sense for this one to end earlier than any of the others because yeah um yeah i mean i talked about this i didn't think the humor was up to snuff compared to michael Schur's other shows mm. uh and the story is really what brings it up to the same level as the rest of them or, or near enough yeah and uh if that had dragged on that would have started to wane and then we would have been left with characters who i don't think are as funny as characters in his other shows uh so i think i think this is the right call yeah on the whole kind of reflecting on the, on all of the show that's out so far i can see that it is more out there and i think that means that Honestly, The Good Place has had funnier moments than any of his other shows to me, but it also has less, like, it also has more moments that just aren't, that just don't land because it is a bit more out there. Um, yeah. And that's a risk worth taking, I think, especially when you're someone yeah, who's, so too. who's done as much as Michael Schur, you probably creatively needed to have that stretch, but... Uh, yeah. And I th- I think it's a show that really has, like, found... It, it it was it came at the right time and the right place and it's achieving what it is meant to have achieved and it can close up and you know it'll be sad but it's probably the right move. Yep, exactly. Um, so next up next was up, Gremlins. Oinkber. Oh wait, no, yeah. Wait, no, I missed one. You're no, right. Okay. Oranges. I thought you were making a joke about not liking oranges and new black anymore. No, um, <laughs> I'm actually really excited. I think the final season comes out tomorrow. <laughs> um, mm. which yeah, I mean. It, it's it, again I, I, we just talked about it. this is a good time for the show to end i think the show peaked in season five i don't know if you've fully caught up ruben uh i haven't fully caught up but i did watch a fair amount of it yeah um season five i think for me was the peak season six like sort of start started going back downhill a lot of people called it terrible which i think was unfair i th- still found it very enjoyable if like there was that sense it's past the peak so i think seven is the perfect time to be getting a chance to wrap it up you know, like if you if you can have your show sort of take a step back and say, oh, okay, things are going downhill now. That's time to wrap it up. Um, that's that's a good thing. I mean, you know, as long as you don't rush it, but we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we will get there. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, is there anything we want to say about Gremlins? Uh, not really. All right. <laughs> I guess <laughs> I, yeah, let's move on. <laughs> there's not really many updates on a movie that came out in the 80s. Uh, <laughs> Maybe they'll do a remake of it one of these days, but that's not today. I think that um, would defeat the point, unless you did, like, an old-school remake, like, I think. Oh, yeah, you'd have to get, like, full-on old-school puppets and stuff. Yeah, CGI Gremlins would kind of miss the whole point, I think. <laughs> I would kind of love to see the disaster that a, a heavily CGI Gremlins remake would be. Well, didn't the trailer for Cats just come out? Like, that's pretty much it, right? True, <laughs> true. Everyone's been hating on that trailer. Like, I don't know. I, I also disliked it, but <laughs> I didn't think it was as bad as, like, the blandness of The Lion King or the, you know, the, the failures of, like, the some of the Disney live-action remakes. I don't know. I don't know. It evoked very similar feelings for me as uh, the Sonic trailer the Sonic which trailer? was just existential yeah. uncanny valley dread um <laughs> yeah i guess which is like uh, like as a the reason i made that joke is because i do think those cats you know only a couple of tweaks would be needed to pass them off as, as cgi gremlins <laughs> that's cold that's cold elliot um so let's talk about 36 questions yeah um <clears throat> this is like i I still listen to this on the regular on Spotify. Like, mm. I actually went to look and Spotify, like, because iTunes tells you how many times you've listened to each song and Spotify doesn't do that. But, like, I reckon, I reckon I've listened to the soundtrack, like, over 50 times because it's one of those ones I just put on at work while I'm, and, you know, I'm there for eight hours. So I get through the whole, the whole soundtrack, like, a couple of times. Mm. 50 yeah, is probably great. an under, I- underestimate. 
I there, there haven't really been any updates on this one, but it's still just a, a great example of what a podcast musical could be. I guess when we first did the episode, I was a bit more hopeful about seeing more stuff like this. And yeah. that hasn't really realised, has it? No. I, I mean, I guess I wouldn't be surprised to learn that this wasn't really a uh, lucrative uh, yeah. thing in the end. Um you know, we, we talked about some other podcasts later in the year that had like professional advertising and I could see yeah. how those, you know, sort of would get their money back through that advertising. I don't think 36 Questions had anything like that. So I would love more of this type of stuff, but uh, I just can't see it happening financially, unfortunately. Yeah, which is a bummer. Yeah, I, it's so good. I guess it's, I, I, I guess the one of the problems is uh, when you're making highly, highly produced, like, content where it does take so much time to make each second or each minute of audio there's just not enough space to sell ads there as mm. opposed to a podcast that can you know put out an episode every week or every two weeks um mm. yeah it's a bummer though like I, I do think that it is a great way for to get more people into musicals which is something that i'm a firm believer in <laughs> obviously <laughs> yeah yeah i know i just I, yeah i loved it i'd love more um i unfortunately don't think is very likely but prove me wrong universe yeah. <laughs> uh, next up is Last Chance to See. Yeah. Um, and actually, there was news, like, just last week about uh, uh, white rhino populations still dwindling, right? Uh, yes, but uh, I think Last Chance to See did the black, northern black rhinos or something. Oh, right. And they were, okay. already, they were already extinct. They went extinct, like, two months before we did the episode, which is a pretty big bummer. Um, mm. I, I I didn't get a chance to go through and, and closely look at the status of everything from this, but I'm pretty sure... I think that's good. I, uh, I don't, don't, I don't know. know. I'm worried that that's a bit too depressing. <laughs> well, from memory, everything that we talked about there was either already extinct or actually bouncing back. So I'd like to optimistically yeah. believe that everything we haven't talked about that's already dead is um, is doing well. Yeah. Let's just pre- not look it up and keep <laughs> that as the truth in our heads. Um, yeah, but I don't know if you're one of the new Doof listeners who's who's checking us out for the first time. Uh, yeah, that was a good episode. Yeah, I would go back and check that one out. Really good book. Um, s- somewhat hard to get your hands on, but like worth it if you can. Yes, hard to get your hands on the original and not the remake of, yes. of a book. Which <laughs> who remakes books anyway? Well, Stephen Fry apparently. Yeah. Uh, so Apocalypto was the next prescription, mm. and I really liked this one. I I touched on how I uh, knew that it would be one of the top picks. Um. It's just a, it was a very surprisingly good movie, <laughs> considering <laughs> the kind of cultural context of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that that's basically what the prescription ended up amounting to back then, right? Was yeah. uh, the prescription was me saying, it's real good. Just please ignore everything behind it. <laughs> ignore the fact that it's <laughs> Mel Gibson. Yeah. Um, uh, the next prescription was It Follows, uh, which there's no real news on, but I've I've actually been listening to the soundtrack to this a fair amount. It's a great, it's a very, very scary soundtrack. Like, possibly the scariest music I've ever listened to. I was actually just about to delete that from the notes in front of us right now, because you have clearly just copied and pasted from where I said the same thing about 36 uh, yeah, questions. but it's true. I know, but I... I it's true. I, I've my first thought was that I had actually made a mistake and written it twice. Like, um, <laughs> no, no, it's true. Okay, I, I uh, might check that out. Like, since if you want to get spooked, listen to that soundtrack. Well, yeah, I mean, like, uh, you know, cinematic or, or video game soundtracks are usually what I listen to at work because I find words too distracting. Um, yes, so I might try and check that out. Uh, I I can't remember if I touched on this 
during the episode or not but the 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 music is composed by a disaster piece who is a composer who's done a lot of game soundtrack stuff yeah i think you did Um, talk about that um all right well let's move on then uh there was uh we did an episode on explained which was great uh season two of that has been greenlit but there hasn't been any news since that came out which was like a year ago yeah i think that's one of those ones where i don't have like a burning desire to see it but when season two is out it'll be good to know it's there because they're gonna be like like that's that's one of those things you just chuck on while you're eating dinner or something because it's like you know a bit educational not too long yeah yep. yeah um we did an episode on pulp fiction uh which okay cool uh quentin tarantino <laughs> still making movies uh but i don't know if there's a, a super relevant update to talk about here no i think uh quentin tarantino had a movie recently but i haven't seen it i mean i think pulp fiction and uh gosh way back in in year one we did um what was what was the other film of his that we did the one with uh, uh reservoir dogs reservoir dogs that's it um yeah that was one of our first episodes yeah uh those still remain pretty much the only two tarantino films i've seen and i enjoyed them <laughs> so i don't know why i'm not going out and watching more <laughs> maybe we'll do another one at some point we'll do a <laughs> once upon a time in hollywood once one of us gets around to seeing it yeah um and then episode 62 of ours was uh game of thrones yes and of course this was timed to correlate with the start of season eight because yes i was so hyped like season seven had been a bit of a bummer but i was like there's no way they're yep. gonna fuck up the ending you're uh, so excited yeah i was oh, yeah. i was very hyped i've been a big fan of the book so i was like i'm gonna get ruben right into this and i'm so sorry <laughs> um so i watched I, I watched it all with the idea of I'm going to catch up right before the final episode. Yeah. <laughs> and I was enjoying it so much, Elliot. Like, it was so great. And then I basically got up to the end and I was like, oh, I don't even care about watching <laughs> yeah. the final episode on time anymore. <laughs> like, it was like, I, I literally, I was binge watching Game of Thrones, like, consistently for hours a day. And I finally got up to the end. The the, the fruit at the end of my journey and it was like it had turned to dust by the time <laughs> i got there um yeah yeah i don't know wait we we talked about this on on the toothcast avatar episodes that we were on so yeah. uh if, yeah. if people really want to hear more people on the internet complain about the game of thrones ending yeah. uh you can go yeah. check that out there or uh lindsay ellis has a video yeah. about it so check out hers she's a great uh essayist so i mean yeah look if if you want people hating on season 80 game of thrones content there's a lot out of there there's um, enough for you there's yep. there's you know I, some are better than others like Lindsay ellis is, is is actually good a lot of it is just you know people whining <laughs> um but yeah, yeah it's out there um there's a lot of i think that you know i'm actually happy that i caught up on time because it meant i was able to enjoy the all of the memes about game of thrones <laughs> that came out when it ended like it was a golden age of memes of uh, all kinds of stupid things about Tyrion not being in the book or or uh, calling Bran Bran the Broken and now he's king. Like, yeah, it was a golden age for memes. So mm. I'm I'm not upset, but you know, but you disappointed. are disappointed. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, so we've basically gotten close enough to the to our most recent episodes that there isn't that much to talk about that we didn't just talk about in the episode. Yeah, uh, I mean we're quickly catching up. There's a bit more. Um, we've got Rocky, which obviously we watched uh, again, similar mm-hmm. to Pulp Fiction. I haven't had a chance to watch more Rocky movies. Um, although I, I kind of do want to watch. I, I've got a Creed video game that came on one of my devices at work and and i've been <laughs> what? and i've been playing i've been playing like a vr creed boxing game it's pretty fun all right cool i guess uh, is that relevant does that count <laughs> yeah i guess why not um we talked about the umbrella academy uh season two of that is in production 
yeah um I, again I'll, I'll check that out i enjoyed that and hopefully it'll fix my issues that i had with the ending of season one yep uh comrade detective really nothing to say here great show never going to be more of it and that's okay i think that's for the best honestly i don't know i don't know where you could go from where it finished like <laughs> yeah me too uh it, it did its thing and there's no need to drag it out um next we had david Tennant doesn't podcast with which again i i'm assuming there will be more um Mm. but you know we sort of talked about everything that was out when we talked about it and it was pretty good yep uh galaxy quest is there it's a thing and it's uh it's fine i mean they're making a new star trek show starring um uh, charles xavier um picard you mean well that's the joke i was making because it's the same guy oh i see right right right. (laughs) sorry i'm not a i'm not a a quest what do they call them a questy or a, tr- or a tracker, I don't know. Yeah, as, as we as we touched on in that episode, neither of us has seen, like, any Star Trek, so... Um, <laughs> Why did we talk about Galaxy Quest? It's still Elliot? good. Uh, <laughs> it was all right. Um, and uh, Good Omens, uh, yeah. which one of our most recent episodes. Um, so you finished the show since we recorded this episode? Yeah, I think I was, like, halfway through the show, or, like, only two episodes in when we actually did the episode. Uh, and mm. yeah, I mean, I, I think basically everything we talked about, what I would probably like about the rest of the show was bang on. Like they added a ton of, um, yep. Crowley and Aziraphale stuff that yep. was far and away the best part of the show. Yes. Um, uh, and, and in fact, there's... yeah, the more the, I don't know if it was cause I just read the book, but often the more the show stuck to just having the narrator kind of read out jokes from the book, the, the less <laughs> it was working for me. It was really the original content that was made for TV that yeah. was the highlight of the show. Yeah, the first half of episode three, when yes. we get like the Crowley and Aziraphale through the ages, as well as the end of the show, where we had a what actually happened after they betrayed their various factions. Um, those were my favorite parts, and they were completely not in the book. So, good yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. The the epilogue that they essentially added to to the story actually really worked. Um, yeah, definitely. I like. I almost got the impression it was something Neil Gaiman wanted to put yeah. in the book, and for whatever reason couldn't, and managed to squeeze into the show. <laughs> yeah, I get the same vibe. Um, it was great. Um, and then of course our most recent episode, The Land Before Time. Yeah, eh, yeah. Nothing I, I to know. say about this. I, I do. I've been listening to Big Water a lot. <laughs> No, I haven't. That's a joke. <laughs> I would never listen to that. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have nothing to add either. <laughs> yeah. Can't, can't argue with that. <laughs> no, it was, um, it, it, yeah, it, it wasn't a great recommendation, but you know. <laughs> no, it was good. Like, I'm glad that I, I, I'm glad that I got a bit more of, uh, Bluth Company, uh, legacy from it. Yeah. Right? I just um, wish I could have caught you 20 years earlier. <laughs> gone back in time and recommended it to really young Ruben. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, um, so that's. Speaking of going back in time, should we let's uh, let's take it back in time and and talk about some of our episodes from before this year? Uh, we won't go through everything here. We're just going to pull out the ones that we think we have more to say. Yeah. On. So so I'm going to start with uh, episode five uh, from our first year, mm. which was Stargate SG One. And there's still rumors. I'm pretty sure this is what I said a year ago. There is <laughs> s- still rumors that they're going to start up another Stargate uh tv show well they did they did stargate command right um yeah well i don't want to talk about that still a chance (laughs) they might do a new stargate show i'm very keen uh make it happen mgm like uh, i'm all for it you know i already paid 20 dollars a year for stargate command which was a streaming service i only had one show i don't know what else i can do except (laughs) wait i'm so keen just give it to me god yeah 
Um, so uh, I also want to touch on Young Justice because season three of Young Justice is currently still airing. Um, and they actually already announced that there's going to be a fourth season yeah. as well, which I don't think anybody expected. No, I mean, like, good. Like, again, uh, because of it being on DC Universe, that means... Yeah, uh, the- we can't actually access it yes. over here. Uh, so DC Universe, similarly to what they did with Final Space, there's a lot of networks that do this. So for, for Americans, this is what it's like living in the rest of the world. Uh, a lot of these networks make deals with Netflix... Uh, where once it's finished airing in the States, they dump the whole season on like the rest of the world's Netflix. So Young Justice is one we will be getting on Netflix as soon as it finishes airing over there. So uh, DC Universe has done it with all their other shows, but uh, we're all actually waiting for Young Justice. I'm really keen to watch it. I was so hyped to watch it that I actually went and watched Titans instead because it was the closest <laughs> thing I could get my hands on. And it's not, it doesn't compare. I just want Young Justice. Yes. I, I yeah, I'm so keen for this. I, cause, and because they chopped the season up into two bits. And so, yep. like, you know, back in like March when the first half of season three finished, I was hopefully expecting Netflix to give us the first half in yep. one big dump, but they didn't do it. So we're sitting here yep. waiting for all 20 whatever episodes to, to get dumped on us in a month or two. Yeah. Um, let's talk about episode 13 when we, when I first brought you Worm, Elliot, and changed your life forever. Yeah, I'm, yeah, it was all right, I guess. I know. Kind of forgettable. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah. as you said, obviously, this this had a fairly big impact on, on uh, me in particular. And then also, you know, now we both do Deep Impact, so you bringing this to me has also <laughs> impacted you. I've ruined our <laughs> lives. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, God, like, I... You know, can't recommend Worm enough. My dad is actually, uh, he just finished Arc 8 of Worm. Um, nice. Oh, that's when he's, his, uh, it'll have its claws into him by now, yes, for sure. Uh, yeah. Um, so he's, he's I think, heading on to Arc 9 soon. He, he took a break after Arc 8, which is probably a good, good sort mm. of resting point, but definitely not an ending point. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then obviously uh, Ward is ongoing, maybe getting near its conclusion, possibly. Hard to tell. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it? I kind of love how... Um, like clueless i am about where we are in the structure of the story <laughs> should we talk about ward in general what our what our kind of thoughts on it are um yeah yeah sure so why don't i start uh, i am enjoying it quite a lot and i really like the core cast of characters that we have um but obviously we've been going through pact pretty intensely pretty deeply some would say <laughs> Um, and it, it, you can really feel the difference between Pact and Ward in terms of, uh, Pact and, and Worm as well being very, uh, kind of balls to the wall. Yeah. <laughs> uh, whereas Ward is, um, is kind of more methodical. And I think I, I really liked that when it first started because it was so different and we really got to explore, uh, team therapy, uh, in quite a lot of detail, which was great. Like all of mm. them are set up to have such interesting conflicts um, but now that we're rounding out to the kind of overarching plot stuff, I'm finding it less uh, less engaging than than Worm and Pact were. Um, still enjoyable, but uh, it, yeah. it doesn't have its hooks into you as much. No, similarly to what we sort of mentioned in our in, in the Good Place stuff, it's like me me saying that yeah, like I'm not enjoying a Wild Bow story as much as the others still means it's like a nine point eight out of ten. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I, I would I would tend to agree. I kind of enjoy the hectic pacing. Um, Ward is definitely a much more character-driven and, like, introspective story than Worm and Pact. Um, yeah. And, and, like, you know, I think each of Wild Bo's stories that I've read has been noticeably different from the others. Um, mm. and, and, and I do really like that, but I, I agree. There's something that just clicks with me um, for, for Worm and Pact, maybe a little bit more than Ward. 
um, mm. which again, qualifier, I'm still loving the fuck out of Ward. The character-driven stuff is so good because <laughs> the characters are fucking amazing. Yeah, um, I, I, there are, I think the way to categorize it is, you know, there will be parts of this story where I'm so deeply in love with it, right? Mm. Like when we, and it's really, it's when we explore the the core members of team therapy like whenever yes. we have you know like uh the the eclipse arc with focusing on on ashley or um uh, ken's when we really dove into kenzie's stuff with her parents or when we dove into the tristan byron stuff that's like that's the shit that i want injected directly into my veins <laughs> yeah. no i agree that's been peak ward uh for yeah. me as well um I, I i will say i i've never quite clicked as well with victoria as uh as i did with taylor interesting um i i think it's i think she has had her moments as well like i think when we have dived deepest into her psyche is when i've most enjoyed her yeah um, like obviously i love her but uh, like uh, yeah i don't know like uh taylor and, and blake obviously in fact um mm. have have I, I don't know grabbed me in 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 a, in a stronger way for some reason i'm not sure mm. like I, obviously yeah again uh, i'm still very much enjoying victoria but yeah, yeah. interesting i i because i we, you know we haven't really dived into victoria's psyche in a specific arc right um but thinking about parts like uh the the bit where they're they're going to take down cradle where we really kind of start exploring her psyche a bit more uh, uh i i rank them up there in the kind of primo choice sections um yeah yeah i agree i guess I, yeah 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 anywho uh let's touch on next westworld because uh I've watched season two of Westworld now. Um, yeah. And uh, season three has just had some new trailers come out. Aaron Paul's in it, which is fun. I love him. Mm. Yeah. I mean, um, honestly, for me, I think this is one of those ones, as we said, there's so much good TV right now. Like, it's not an indictment. Yeah. I don't think it's bad, but I just don't know if it's up to that tier and it's grabbed me in a way that I'm actually going to bother with season three. Yeah. It's interesting because I, I so enjoyed the first season of Westworld. Yeah. And I started watching the second season and I was like... I, I like I almost felt like I couldn't put my finger on it, but I've I've kind of sat with it and I think what it is is the more it talks about morality and ethics, the less I enjoy it, honestly. Like uh it felt like season one was here's a story about some characters inside this world, and then part of the story turns into the robot uprising, and part of it turns into look, there's some trippy time trickery going on here. But that was always secondary to let's actually tell a compelling story about some of these characters. Um, whereas in season two, it feels like they're, they're trying to double down on some of the time trickery with having like two Bernards throughout the whole season and you kind of not ever really understanding the timeline until towards the end. Things like that. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, something the creators were quite open about was how they wanted to make a very complicated show that rewarded like the, you know, the mm. super fans. And, and I think, honestly, like, as someone who usually becomes a super fan of things, like, like you know, see Wildbo works. Um, yeah. Like, it actually sort of turned me off because it just became, like, sort of unnecessarily convoluted. Like, it was almost yeah. convoluted for convolution's sake. Um, yeah. Like, taking away I, the approachability I, di- didn't help, in my opinion. I agree. I, I, I actually like all the characters, like, a lot. Like, I really like Dolores. I really like Bernard as characters, but... I found myself not enjoying their storylines because they were just too convoluted. Yeah, um, yeah. Whereas someone like Maeve, I, I greatly enjoyed because her story was actually just kind of a linear story. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I, I do have to say, though, I can't remember what the episode was, but the episode where it's just the story of the leader of the Ghost Nation, like, fuck, that was a very, very good episode of TV. Yeah. Again, because it was just proving, like, these people know how to do really well-made 
stories and it just seemed like that wasn't their focus for season two <laughs> um yeah no, I, I i agree and so just sort of for that reason like unless season three gets rave reviews or something i, I you know it's going to join that list of shows i'll finish one day which is growing a lot quicker than uh than it's being yeah. attended to yes no i'm with you um next up let's talk about the adventure zone which is uh yeah. nearing the end of of its second season now yes um and i mean i Obviously, I I laid on pretty heavy in in the episode and in other annual checkups that I think this show was at its peak when it was less serious. Yeah. Um and I still think that's true. Like my favorite part of the show is still early balance. Um yeah. but I will say that Amnesty has done a much better job in my opinion than the second half of Balance did with um getting me enthralled by the more serious stuff. Yeah, I I'm with you there. Um I do think that there was this period where they were kind of switching over from what the Adventure Zone started as to what the Adventure Zone has become, what they kind of mm. clearly want it to be now, where it really was in the middle and was kind of the worst of both worlds. <laughs> um, but it, they're really, they've really come into it into, to the extent that you can kind of, like the show is becoming less improvisational and more scripted. And I, th- I think they're kind of making the right decision by having it morph into what they really want it to be. Some of the parts, some of the most recent episodes have been so good. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I, yes, I, I'm still really enjoying it. If, if I had my way, it would go back to being more improvisational and, and comedic. But yeah. they're doing as well as I think they, they can be with yeah, this and- more serious and scripted stuff. Like, much better than, yeah, like, Balance's story... Never really grabbed me like it seemed to so many others, whereas Amnesty, I'm actually quite enjoying. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And you can kind of tell that this is where their heart is as well. Like, this feels like more where they want to be. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, I've talked to others about this. Like, I don't listen to any of their other shows. Like, I think, and I think that's mm, the thing. If I want my, like, lighthearted comedy fix of the McElroys, I should probably just start listening to my, my <laughs> Bim Bam, right? Like, yeah. Whereas... Uh, if you want a comedy fix from the McElroys, you have to check out the McElroy Brothers Will Be in Trolls 2, which is a great <laughs> podcast. Or, um,. Or uh, Till Death Do Us Blart, which is an annual podcast talking about Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. <laughs> Those two are some of my favourite podcasts, and they update so inconsistently. <laughs> yeah, especially now since, like, as as the boys get bigger, um, they've got less and less time uh, for, <laughs> yep. for dumb goofs like that. For dumb shit. Yeah, exactly. So, next thing I want to talk about uh, is a couple episodes later, um, where mm-hmm. we talked about The 100. Uh the the yeah. the good CW show is how I label this show. Um, <laughs> like I, it didn't even get its own episode of our podcast. Elliot. I can't remember why we combined it into talking about eyes. No, as well. I, I remember why it was because I came and I said I can't decide which of these I want to recommend. Oh, you yeah. pick one, and you picked both, and it was a bit of a train wreck. Classic, um, classic. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, so. Uh, yeah, I, I like the one hundred. I'd seriously recommend if if people started it and, and fallen off at any point for whatever reason, like get back on the horse. As we talked about in that episode, the first like couple of episodes are pretty bad, but like if you can get over the hump of like mm. five episodes of the one hundred, it's yeah. so good and it's fairly consistently stayed there. There were some dips in the middle, but like seasons five and six have been amazing. Like I've, I'm halfway through season six right now. Um, I'm like two episodes mm. behind, and it's it's so good. Like. Somebody else watch this so I can talk to them about it. (laughs) I I have a few shows that are circling around the top of my, like, I want to get back into this list. The 100 is one of them, and The Expanse is the other. 
Um, no, don't make me choose which one you'd prefer. <laughs> uh, I prefer no, you get back into because I can't pick. It's like I'm very close to picking up one of these shows again because I really did enjoy them a huge amount. It's just, again, fucking time, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, I mean, the 100, uh, in my opinion as well, is best done binge. Like, I, it's one of those shows... Mm. Like, I don't know, I find this with Fusion. There's some shows, like, like S.H.I.E.L.D. has once again turned into one of those ones where as soon as the new episode's out, I'm, like, on glued to the screen. Whereas the 100 yeah. is, is one that I let build up and then just, like, yeah. marathon, like, three or four episodes. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. So I, maybe we'll touch on it again next year. <laughs> yeah, everyone should watch um, it. It's like, it's like crack. Like, it's... Because yeah. a lot of the drama is, like, shitty, but it's done in a way that you don't care that it's shitty. Like, it, it, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's jump forward and talk about The Expanse. I don't think there's anything in there we want to touch on. I'm kind of bummed out still that you didn't enjoy Hawkeye, because I know they're adapting the Hawkeye comic that I prescribed as a Disney Plus TV show now, but comic books just didn't seem to work, so I've learned my lesson to not prescribe them to you. Okay. <laughs> but let's let's yeah. talk about The Expanse. <laughs> That's a joke that'll make sense to everyone soon. Um... <laughs> I'm, I'm bringing a comic book this, this fortnight <laughs> is, the, is the joke. <laughs> um, yeah, so obviously there's The Expanse. Uh, and I mean, it was within the last year that all the Save the Expanse stuff went on, right? Um, uh, yeah, I uh, guess so. You know, when we got Jeff Bezos to swoop down from his golden throne and pick it up. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I mean, Amazon Prime, I, I, the, the main reason I have it now is for The Expanse. Like, I, I love this show so much i love the books so much um i recently you know obviously the doof book club uh for leviathan wakes the first book is on tomorrow and i've just finished rereading it and with the final book coming out in nine months and me having just reread the first one i'm already resigned myself to having to reread the other seven in preparation for the release (laughs) of the night classic um yeah uh, yeah Yeah. they're so good like the, the only thing better than the expanse show is the expanse books (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, I actually, I, I've been rereading the book as well for, I mean, not rereading, just first time reading the book for uh, the Doof Book Club as well. And I'm really enjoying it. Like it's, it's, it's very, very good. And I like the show too, but um, the book is, is up there. It's top, it's top stuff. Yeah. In fact, I would say the books enhance the show. Like it's one of those things where, mm. I, and it's because, you know, uh, Ty and Dan, the authors of the books are EPs on the show. And, and like, that's always an important part of the process in my opinion. And yeah, and yeah it's very much like, I, I think the best way to go is to read the books and then catch up on the show and, and enjoy watching these scenes be uh, visualized. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think it's a, it's a fun experience, like reading a passage of the book and then getting to experience that uh, part as a like as the tv show as well it really does enhance your like ability to appreciate it man there's like there's such a good example of, of what you just said but it's the second half of the first book in early season two and i know you haven't seen or read it and i can't no spoilers Ugh. shame on you <laughs> <laughs> um i want to touch on so our next episode was okja uh which was yeah. the bong joon ho film on on netflix that was so good. still a great film i love that film um but he actually just came out with a new movie that i saw at the sydney film festival like a few, maybe a month ago, uh, a film called Parasite, which uh, ended up winning the Sydney Film Festival Award and I think won it at the Cannes Film Festival as well. Um, This is a great movie. I know it's not coming out in the US for like three months, but just uh, everyone should go see it. It's my favorite movie of the year. It's so fucking good. Uh, Check it out and you'll love it. And because it was very much a Korean production, right? This one. Parasite. uh, uh, Yes, was... Parasite was, again, uh, all, you know, Korean. Um, yeah, good. So, it, not one of his American movies. Yeah. 
No, I'm very keen to check it out. I think um, after you sort of mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, I, I went and watched the trailer and it looked great. And yes, yeah, it's not. I guess it's not science fiction. He's definitely he's had this weird trend of his Korean movies are very like uh, close character studies on people, <laughs> whereas his more American movies are like wacky science fiction. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I, I'd greatly, I'm not going to say anything about it because the, the colder you are going into it, the better. I actually thought it was going to be science fiction and it's just completely not. And I was so, uh, enthralled the whole way through. So check it out when, when it finally comes out. Yeah. When it, when it reaches rural Australian cinemas, I'll be there. So next. I don't think it's ever going to come to earlier. I'm I'm expecting to, uh, I'm expecting to have to like, you know, wait for it to pop up on Netflix or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One Punch Man has a new season airing, which I've watched some of it, the, the kind of, it's, it's all out in, in Japanese, but the dub of it is coming out. Um, so it's good. I mean, you know, if you liked the first season of One Punch Man, you'll like the second season. It's more of the same. Yeah. I, I did like the first season. I haven't made my way to the second one. Um, maybe I will uh, just put it on that one day pile. I think. <laughs> yeah. We need a, we need a quick way to say that. Put it on the one day pile is, it's a way of saying, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I support that show, and maybe I'll watch it. <laughs> yeah, well, in the magical future when I have spare time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, we talked about. Yeah. Uh, and that has uh, officially ended as of, what, two months ago? Yes, in fact, the only reason I can describe the 100 as the good CW shows because Crazy Ex-Girlfriend has finished. Is done, <laughs> yeah. And what a show, right? Oh, like, yeah. And I'm so happy that... Rachel Bloom made this show because it she, I, genuinely she is so talented and so like s- seems like such a great person. Um, and this show really has like catapulted her up in a way that I'm so happy for her. Yeah, it's it's very much deserved uh, for sure. And, and yeah, this show is so good. And it was it was really good. It is. It's so good. It's really good right up until the end. Um, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, the ending was very satisfactory. Um, yeah. Yeah. And how many shows do a live musical special as their final episode? Because that was um, incredible. Like, I I really enjoyed reliving some of these. And um, after I finished the show, I literally just went and found an article of all the top Crazy Ex-Girlfriend songs, like, ranked. So all the songs ranked from worst to best and just listened to, like, half of them again. I was like, oh, yeah, that one's so good. Oh, yeah, that one's so good. And just going through it, it's like, uh, it's incredible how many great and hilarious songs this yeah. show had most of them in completely different styles yeah as, particularly in season one was defined by the fact they never redid a style or a genre yeah. of song um yeah yeah i actually because th- this is a show and th- this just shows you how how keen i am on the show i really got sick of listening to the soundtrack on spotify because like each album is is separate and some of them include like karaoke versions in the middle anything mm. so i i sort of s- had to sit down one day and I, I got the list of every song on Wikipedia and found them all individually on Spotify and built my own playlist of all 126 songs. Um, nice. And I've probably listened through to that at work like a couple of dozen times. Um, Good on you. Uh, it's, do you have a Do you have a top song? What's your top song from Crazy Ex Girlfriend? Um, I mean, What'll It Be is probably the most emotionally impactful. Interesting. Uh, still, uh, it it was uh no, it was a shit show. Um, You Stupid Bitch is probably number two in that regard. I- I think Shit Show is one of my one of my top ones, um, it, as well as I'm a Good Person, a yeah, classic. Yeah, uh, that, that, is a, that is a very good song. Um, and uh, mm. 
I Give Good Parent is the other one that I think deserves a lot of credit. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, I'm going to pull in a, a, a left field answer or two and say some other songs I like are Put Yourself First from that episode where she yes. goes to the camp. And um, fuck, what I, I just had it in my head. What was it? Uh, I can't remember. There's, now. there's the well, one, I forget the name of it, but there's the one where she's with her mom and, and uh, like m- maybe she's not Where's such in the bathroom. No, maybe she's not such an evil bitch after all or something like that. Oh, right. Um, yeah, yeah. That one, that one's great. Uh, also, yeah. uh, uh, season four had Don't Be a Lawyer and I Want to Be a Child Star, which. Oh, yeah. Uh, Don't Be a Lawyer is great. Um, and I, I Want to Be a Child Star. Those two are right at the top for me. Um, oh, yeah. the first one from season four is. Uh, no one else is singing my song. That that should be right yep. at the top of the emotional. <laughs> Look, we can talk good. about these literally until the yeah. cows come home. Yeah, uh, you know what? Let's just go through the we'll whole. We'll never list. have problems again. How about that? We'll yeah. never have problems again. I'll let me pull up. Math of Love Triangles my... is one that I hated when I first listened to it, but it's really come around on me. <laughs> yeah, let me pull up my list of 126, and we'll just work through it <laughs> one by yeah, one. Yeah, we'll just call them all out. Yeah, yeah. Um, love Kernels, an old school classic. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, let's move it's on a great before show. we never like, do. Like honestly, I I don't think there's anybody. This is one of those shows where it's just like it's hard for me to imagine anybody not liking this show <laughs> because it is just so wholesome and enjoyable. I I have met some people who don't like cringe humor and they did not enjoy the show. Which, Interesting. Which I I mean I guess I I get. Like, yeah, I guess I, especially towards the start when yes. she's in her most uh, psychopathic phase. I guess. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I I understand that. I don't quite understand not enjoying cringe humor, but I understand that if you don't enjoy cringe humor, um, yep. you wouldn't enjoy season one. Yep. Um, now let's keep going before we keep just yeah. listing songs. Uh, John Wick 3 came out. Haven't I haven't seen it yet. No, I mean, I made my opinions on the second one pretty clear in the episode, I think. I'm not really playing. Yep. The third might be one of those Netflix movie night type movies, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, let's touch... Ah, oh, here's one that we should talk about next. The Good Wife. Yeah, because... How far did you get in the episode? I, I want to say it was only I like... I think I got like two seasons in. Which is a really good episode, effort. Because they're fucking yeah, long seasons. Um, and now I have watched all seven seasons of The Good Wife. Yes. And all three seasons of The Good Fight. Uh, which I... <laughs> I Actually, it was probably about two weeks ago when we were planning for this episode. When I was like, oh yeah, I should watch some, uh, some more of The Good Wife. And maybe I'll even watch some of The Good Fight too. <laughs> Uh, and it took me about a week to binge the entire thing. Yeah, I, I remember because um, on Facebook you said to me, I'm going to try and finish The Good Wife for our annual checkup. And then I got back to you like three days later and you were nearing the end of season one of The Good Fight. And I was like, wait, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's so good, man. Like, I, mm. The Good Wife is, I think, one of the the best things that has ever come out of this show. Like, <laughs> I'm so happy it's in my life. Uh, it's genuinely... Such a good show, and same with the good fight. They're just—I've talked extensively about how much I hate procedural shows, mm. but the Good Wife and the Good Fight managed to so consistently bring interesting, self-contained, episodic stories, like week after week, and it's each time it's incredibly entertaining. Yeah, and they—they're really, really good. It's one of the best shows out there for interweaving the the character like arcs mm, into mm. those um yeah exactly thematically they're always like appropriate picks it's awesome and um so with the good fight as well they they kind of i guess rebooted which characters they were keeping around so they have uh, mm. 
uh, obviously Christine Baranski um, is is still a main, and then they've kind of built up some other main characters around her. They've they've kept Luke, Luca Quinn, uh, Kush Jumbo, the actress uh, from I think the last season of The Good Wife. Yeah, and they introduced uh, what's her name? I can't remember. Rose the Leslie name. comes in Rose as Leslie. Maya Rindell, right. and she is also great. Like I'm just so. Um, in love with every part of the good <laughs> fight, you know? Yeah, I, I definitely... Season two didn't... I, and I don't know if it was because it was week to week, but it started to not mm. quite click with me because... I, I, and I guess like, there's light spoilers here, but there's that... Um, Diane has that sort of descent into insanity, kind of, yes. relating to the political stuff. And I guess it was just yes. a bit too real <laughs> for yeah. me. Like, um, it's a show that is very... Uh, like reactionary to the American politics. Yeah, right? and for me, I I like that overall. I don't like when they get actually very Trump specific. Like I think it's best when they're working mm. through like with analogies. Analogs. Yeah, to, sure. to all to all this stuff. Like I think when when the show has so many arcs that are dealing specifically with like real controversies with the real Donald Trump for me, and just yeah. um. It, it kind of, you know, well, because it's not immersive because it's bringing me out into real life. And you know, so this is what <laughs> yeah, I'm trying maybe. to escape from. Like, yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with that, but I do think they do a good job. Like one of the reasons I really like the show is they'll they'll do things where they kind of touch on like there's a there's a subplot where Millennia Trump is a character in the show Um played by who is she played by played by somebody anyway um and it's i think i like it because it does kind of even though obviously everyone who is involved with the show has has quite left-leaning political viewpoints like i feel like they're able to dissect some of these issues in a way that is so fascinating to me and actually does bring up new points that i hadn't considered about some of this stuff um, yeah, it does fall into the same trap of the West, as the West Wing used to do, though, which is like they will present the the side, the you know, the more right leaning sides, and then just say, but really, like the left is correct, and it's like <laughs> I, I agree with them. I don't know, so it doesn't bother I, I me too much. It's hard to not do that. Yeah. Like they have they have Kurt McVeigh, who is conservative, and they have uh, Julius, who is also very conservative, and. Um, as I was watching the final season of The Good Fight, the stuff came out where Trump tweeted about sending like uh, AOC and, and some of the other non-white uh, like Congress people in in America back to their own countries they came from, even though they're Americans. Yeah. Right? That whole controversy. And I was thinking to myself, like, how could they possibly cover this on The Good Fight without while trying to present some kind of reasonable perspective <laughs> for the characters like Kurt and Julius, who are, who are like conservatives, but are intelligent. They're, they're trying to pre- pre- present the best possible example of a conservative, right? Yeah. Um, and like, it really makes me appreciate the fact that they're able to show two sides to some of these things yeah. <laughs> that are so, like, some things of this are just so indefensible. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I think they did they've done some really good stuff like the good fight obviously tackles a lot of like race and um yeah. like gender issues and yes. and like for me that's when the show's at its peak i think it does a fantastic job um when it's dealing with those yeah again for me it's just sometimes when it gets like like i don't understand why all these super big trump things like melania are in chicago like Mm. you know it, it just it, it, it's almost too it's not all it's not just that it's too realistic it's that it's also kind of too big for the show like i think it, it's better mm. when they're just the the sideshow um to the yeah, main event i can see that i can see that um i've realized there's one thing about the good fight that i don't like 
and it's the intro. I don't like the intro to the show. Are you serious? That's it, like my favorite part. Well, no, because obviously not my favorite part. Um, but like, I love the, it. I don't know. I can't. It's too. I don't know. I can't get behind it. It's just a bit too abstract. Just things getting smashed. I don't know. I love it. Yeah, fair enough. Agree to disagree. <laughs> I still love the show on the whole. <laughs> um. So we talked about Hunt for the Wilder People on the show a while ago, and I'm just mm-hmm. going to use this as a, as a little spot to talk about the Jojo Rabbit trailer, which just came <laughs> yeah. out, um, the, the movie where Taika Waititi is playing Hitler, um, still with his heavy New Zealand accent, which I enjoyed. Um, yeah. This trailer, I don't know what I expected from this movie, but this trailer actually looks very good. Yeah, I mean, only, only Taika Waititi could pull off a movie where he casts himself as Hitler in a comedy. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. It, it, as a kind of endear, endearing Hitler. It's very strange. It, yeah, I, I can't wait to watch this. It's going to be fucking weird, um, which is exactly what you want from a Watiti film. Um, yeah. He's also just signed up to do uh, Thor 4 again, which I'm very much yep. looking forward to. Cause With uh, What's-Her-Face coming back, Natalie, Natalie Portman. Portman. Yeah, so... Like, which no one ever expected. <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm completely behind. Mm. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, and I think uh, the fact that Natalie Portman is coming back is making a lot of people hype because uh, she departed that series because it was turning to shit. And yeah. so the fact that she's coming back is like, yeah, okay, other people are seeing that uh, Taika Waititi is making some really cool shit here. Well, I think uh, from my understanding is that sort of her agreeing to come back and, and I, I guess spoilers, she's going to be taking the mantle of Thor in the film. Mm-hmm. Um is a huge part of the reason he came back as well. So it's really, it's it's very much like Marvel's decision to do something very different with this film is what's bringing in talent, like with, like bringing Taika back and bringing Portman back. Yeah, and it's bringing the audiences in, right? Like yeah. it's bringing the audiences back to Thor. Well, Thor three was the first good one. Um, I agree. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so next up, we covered uh, we are Legion, we are Bob, um, and indeed we are. Yeah, this is a good book series. Like, it's one of those ones I keep forgetting it exists, and then every time somebody mentions it, I'm like, man, that was really good. Yeah, yeah. So I finished the books. I think I read, like, halfway through the second one. Yeah. Um, when we did the episode. But I have uh, I finished the books now. Um, and yeah, very good books. I, I enjoyed them a lot. I I um, I wonder if they will ever do, a, like, a TV adaptation of this of this book series i imagine it would be hard because yeah. they're all the same they all look the same yeah uh, there's a number of reasons i can't really see that working I, I think this is very much something that lives in the uh in the written medium um yeah book four is still on the way which i probably said a year ago um mm. i i think he was planning summer 2019 uh and that's in northern hemisphere seasons so yeah uh, hopefully within the next six months. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, like, I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, it's a fun little series. Yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. I actually think that some of the plot elements, the overarching plot of the three books was probably some of the weakest stuff. Like I think it thrives the in really the little, little was... moments with the bobs. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think with the main plot mostly resolved, <laughs> um, uh, it'll be nice to see what, whatever book four becomes i i'm excited to see it yeah i agree um and then the last one uh we did in year two was heathers um mm. which you know that was a really good really good little uh musical and i think uh i saw riverdale on the cw had a heathers episode which um <laughs> it was so almost, bad oh my god i listened it, to it, it almost and I made me want to watch riverdale so that's a ringing endorsement no. for heathers 
Did you um, watch the? Did you watch some of the versions of the songs they? No, did? I, I said almost. I, I didn't get around to it. Um, and I mean, it's you, it's Riverdale. I'm not I'm not actually going to watch it. But the fact that like something could make me consider watching a Riverdale episode is a very bringing mm. endorsement of Heather's. I watched parts of the Heather's episode, and I I I wanted to scrape off my skin <laughs> like the versions of the songs they were doing were so bad i really didn't like it yeah i d- did not like well this is yeah i mean this is another one where i've been listening to the soundtrack a fair bit and it's, it's real good yeah yeah um yeah it's a good pot it's a good uh, good musical like it like it love it um yeah so um, one of the other things we used to do on this show was do bonus episodes and so there's some of these things that we talked about in bonus episodes that might have some more uh, things coming out for example uh, we talked about avatar in a bonus episode and then we uh, talked about, about it a bunch on the doofcast yes exactly um live action version of avatar is coming soon yeah i'm optimistically well, maybe not soon hyped. i don't know. yeah me too um live uh, there's never been any live action avatar stuff before and i'm excited <laughs> to see it um yes i, I mean I, i'm kind of going into this and we've talked about this when we talked about the live action Avatar movie before uh, that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. When I went to see the live action Avatar film, my only requirement was I wanted some kick ass <laughs> live every action time. bending. You say yes. this every time. And I'm going to keep saying it because I, I want the show. I want the show people to hear it. Uh, yeah. You know, just I'm pushing this energy out to the cosmos. This is me doing the secret. Mm-hmm. I've already seen the characters. I've already seen the plot. You nailed it the first time. Just give me some kick-ass live-action bending, please and thank you. That's all I need. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm with you. Wait, and uh, get a kick-ass. I think they've learned that lesson. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, look, there's nowhere to go but up um, from the last <laughs> one. Yes, uh, I, I actually think it it is probably impossible for it to live up to the hype of the last Airbender, but I think we can get something good. I think there's can be something good coming out of this. Yeah. Just, just give well, me that's what I want. Give me the give me the live action bending fight <laughs> scenes. That's, that's all I want. <laughs> all right. Uh, so should we touch on Black Mirror, which we also talked about in a bonus episode? Yeah, actually, I had something I wanted to say here because um, I, I haven't gotten around to watching the first half of season five that came out recently that no one likes. Um, mm-hmm. And the end of that statement is my explanation as to why I haven't got around to it. Um, mm-hmm. But I did watch a few months ago a, a show that I might still bring here one day. Uh, called On Children, and it's a Taiwanese... Okay. Uh, it's basically a Taiwanese Black Mirror show. Um, okay. It, I don't think it's explicitly, like, said that Black Mirror was an inspiration, but, like, if it wasn't, like, then they came at the same idea. So it's... it's but it's all about, mm. um, like, the relationships between parents and kids, which has, you know, obviously been a big thing with, you know... Like, like I think one of the episodes is called, like, Tiger Mom or something, you know? Like, like it's... Right. Um, yeah. and, and Taiwan, in particular, I think, has had issues with... Um, entire like an entire generation of kids who basically have very strained relationships with their parents um right because of how much they were pushed and so this show is basically a black mirror-esque uh exploration of that and it's fucking right. like, it, 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 honestly it out black mirrors most of black mirror um interesting and yeah so i i don't know maybe everyone except ruben should check it out because I, I i might bring it <laughs> one day um i don't know it's but yeah definitely like if black mirror season five let you down on children's on netflix pretty much worldwide uh mm. so like you know check it out yeah interesting well i won't because you, you're gonna bring <laughs> it for the podcast but um it sounds interesting um i, I want to touch on black mirror a bit because i watched the latest season and i liked it 
and okay. everyone as i was as i was going to the reddit discussion threads after watching each episode as you do uh, there were so many negative comments about it and i kind of got a bit annoyed by it honestly like well that's reddit i for quite you. enjoyed the show and i know people didn't like it especially the last episode with miley cyrus but i thought it was fine i quite enjoyed it and that's my opinion so deal with it haters <laughs> i haven't even got around to watching the one that came out at like christmas where it's like you choose the decisions or something it's like a choose your own oh, adventure one bandersnatch that yeah. was a real experience I, I don't know if I would call it good, but I also wouldn't call it bad. It, it's, you just, you should get a few friends and experience it because that's, we, I did it on New Year's Eve with a few friends. We were away at a beach house and it was a very strange experience, especially because um, at one point, uh, some like bad stuff happens in the episode, of course. And at one yeah. point while we were watching it, we got a knock at the door from a police officer and legitimately it scared me so much <laughs> because it felt like the show had become real and we had chosen our own adventure into some kind of actual life ARG. It was fucking terrifying. That's perfect. Yeah, it was intense. Um, anyway. <laughs> uh, so next bonus episode that we should touch on was the uh, Down the Rabbit Hole in the Marble Olympics. And uh, nothing yes. to say here, 2019 didn't have any for some reason. Uh, 2020 Marble <laughs> Olympics, I'm hype. Moving on. Um, in the 2019 Marble Olympics, at the start, I was like, you know what? I've been supporting the O-Rangers for a while. I think I'm going to choose a new team. Oh, the Green Ducks, they look cool. I'll pick them. Man, that was a I good was, pick. That was the best decision <laughs> I've ever made. I love the Green Ducks. What a group of champions. All of them. And I love their personalities. They're all so good. Well, uh, on Elliot's team's side, um, obviously, <laughs> I got that Oceanics shirt like a year and a half ago. Um, yeah, have you burned it yet? Uh, you seen? No, but it's like you know, it was like a you know cheap like ten dollars t shirt thing, and the logo started peeling off, and and I didn't buy a replacement yet. Like they they have to earn it. Um, <laughs> they'll earn, maybe they'll earn it in twenty twenty again. Well, there's, yeah, again, th there's nowhere to go but up. <laughs> it's fucking like uh, yeah. I wish I I wish I just picked like a bandwagon team halfway through, but I kept I kept being convinced that the Oceanics would turn around a little bit, mm. but they didn't, and they didn't. Good stuff. Um, let's talk about S.H.I.E.L.D., which we talked about mm. in a bonus episode one time. And you kind of brought it up already. Uh, it's got its new season airing at the moment. Yeah, it's hold on. a great I, show. I just want to read our notes here uh, verbatim because this is very interesting. So we, we have our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. heading. And then uh, under mm. it is written, uh, latest season is medium quality but still fun IMO. And then under that uh, is a response saying, medium quality, excuse you. I'm actually enjoying it as much as I've ever enjoyed it. And what's funny is both, I know what you're gonna both say of these here, comments Elliot. are written by Reuben. <laughs> I know what you're going to say here, Elliot. Uh, I don't know what was going through my head. I guess I started... <laughs> <laughs> I guess I started this, this, we started this document a few months ago and there was a point towards like the, maybe the fifth or sixth episodes of the season where it was taking a bit of a dip <laughs> and then it really picked back up again towards the, the, as it got towards the end. Um, and so I think that what I've wrote here tracks. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you showed your previous self. Um, no, <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. I agree. I agree with your more recent self. Uh, it, this season has been kick ass, uh, the show pretty much consistently has once it got through the season one slump. Uh, yeah. It, it's crazy to think back as to what the show used to be and say, like, how much it's, like, consistently changing. Um, yeah. 
it, it's like it and i think like this is a show more than any other i can think of that has actually utilized the fact that it's in a kind of bonkers comic universe with so many threads <laughs> to pull like even yeah. even the the cw arrowverse stuff like they there's so much of them and they get right into it but like they've kind of made a mess of having a coherent comic book universe uh agents yeah. of shield has even though it's no longer part of the mcu which is obama it's really nailed uh pulling the right bits from other comics to uh take new like take the show in completely new directions but still feel like agents of shield and still be really good i i don't know like i i don't know if that's a fair i don't know if that's the right point to make because i i agree it's still very good of course but thinking about like this season for example they've brought in a villain called the the shrike who are these like bat things that inhabit your body and turn you into like a weird crystal bomb yeah the creator of them whatever but like thinking about that in the abstract and even some of the other stuff like we've got a character we've got a group of characters who are like from another planet and are here to fight the shrike like all of these bits they feel like they could be either so wacky to be unenjoyable or so generic depending on how they're implemented but they're so it's like handled so perfectly that you get the exact right amount of both of those things to keep it consistent and good that i i I honestly think like jed and and marissa could pick out any random thing from the comic books (laughs) and make it good like no i mean yeah that's that's sort of what i was saying but i guess like my like part of the point i was trying to make is like if you told me during seasons two or three that in season six, yeah. most of the season would be taking place on other planets and they'd have spaceships, <laughs> I would have told you that the show had jumped yeah. the shark by that point, but it doesn't yeah. feel that way. It feels very different, but it still feels shield. It all feels earned. Like we, we've gotten to this place because they've been tracking their their own progress through the show and the movies as well. And it just like the show has is completely different to what it used to be, but still feels like itself and still works. And yeah, and, and yeah and as you feel... said, they, they nail everything they introduce, and most of it is yeah. tweaked from the comics to keep... Yeah, like, it's all still a little bit insane, but works as a serious thing as well. Yeah, and I love how much they will... This is something that has been consistently great about S.H.I.E.L.D., is they are so gung-ho about their pacing that <laughs> things that you know would be shit in another show where they, like, dragged it out are just great. Like, there's a... Uh, this is going to be a spoiler for I think like one of the latest episodes of this season. Um, so tune out for a few minutes if you if you want to miss this. But there's a point where uh, we basically get a like a body a body inhabiting monster, right? A monster that takes control of somebody's body and they don't know who who it's in. And it's set up as like you can kind of feel in another show this would be at least an episode, if not two. Um, but in S.H.I.E.L.D., they do it, they hit all of the beats that you want to hit, and they hit all the really interesting plot points, but then the characters are smart enough to kind of figure out what they should do in this situation, and then they they solve the problem, and it adapts into something else that you didn't expect. Like, it adapts into a different part, a different kind of part of the story than just them running around trying to figure out who's the monster. Like, yeah, they, they, they handle these things with such efficiency that they deal with the tropes and get through it and and keep it fresh and exciting consistently in ways that other shows like the CW mm. you know Arrow shows just wouldn't. <laughs> no, exactly. And I mean the the crazy thing is, so up until this season, Shield always had like twenty two episode seasons, and they started doing yeah. this thing. I think it was in season four where yeah, they the act- pods. Yeah, they they introduced pods, which is basically they told three stories in a season that was sort of like somewhat loosely connected and usually 
all tied together at the end. But in general, you had your twenty-two episodes, and so it was a it was three mini seasons of of like yep. seven to eight episodes. Yeah, and it was so fucking good. And I just was sitting there mm-hmm. at the end of season four of Agents of Shield, thinking, "Why the fuck has no? Have I never seen this before?" And <laughs> it's brilliant. And why it's has so nobody good. done it since? Like you know, the the fucking CW shows are still sitting there pumping out like four hundred episodes a season. Yeah. And and like six of them are connected to the plot, and the rest are all just shit. Yeah, and then, and then it's like Agents of Shield showed you how to make this work two two years ago. Like do this. Yeah. Um, it's 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 yeah. The the only thing more baffling than like the fact I had never seen anyone do it before is that it's now been two years and I haven't seen anyone else do it since. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, anyway. I, I don't know. I guess I, if it, maybe it's too bold, but it's not even. It's like, it's so clearly the right move. Yeah, it makes, it, it works on every level. I don't understand. Anyway, like they basically yeah. were doing three seasons of like Netflix Marvel shows in yeah. in a year and they were better than half of the Netflix Marvel shows. Yeah. I guess the only other update to touch on is it was just announced that, again, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is coming to an end Yeah, for the fourth time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think it's for real this time. Um, yeah, it does feel like it's for real because, and, uh, the shadow of Disney plus is looming larger and larger. Yeah. And, and I mean, for me, that's, that's part of it. Like the reason I started shield was because I really enjoyed the MCU and I wanted to feel like it was yeah. all connected and shield has left that so far behind that like, I'm still on for the ride because shield's fucking great. But, uh, it, it is also, as I touched on with orange is the new black, while I'm still really enjoying it, I don't think it has that much left in it and I'm glad it's ending when it is yeah yeah we're moving on to the new era of tv where everything's on disney plus elliot yeah it's gonna be a real hassle to keep up with it all well and because like disney's big enough that's gonna be a thing in australia like we've been lucky here we only get about a quarter of the new services that open up in the states and most of them just palm their international rights to netflix um i don't think disney's gonna do that uh which means the streaming wars are finally gonna make their way over here yeah so I'm not looking forward to that, especially because I know I'm probably going to fall for it. They've got so much good IP. It's just <laughs> I'm just going to have to. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I want to watch the Doctor Strange. Uh, no, not Doctor Strange. The um, Scarlet Witch and Vision TV show. I want to watch the new Hawkeye show. Of course I do. Yeah, I'm going to watch the Loki show. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. They've yeah, got it's, us. It's, They've those dastardly well, geniuses well, and, have, have caught us. And they're going to they're going to put their back catalogue on there, and it's going to be so good. Like you know, yeah. they've got so many good movies. They've got Solo, a Star Wars story. Like obviously a one classic, of the Disney yep, classics. A great movie. The best, the best <laughs> Star Wars movie, as everyone I, thinks. I stand by that. As every sane person thinks, <laughs> it's the best Star Wars movie. Yeah. Uh, well, we just lost all the new viewers we might have got from the Duke Network. Ah, <laughs> uh, they stuck around for an hour and a half. That's pretty good. <laughs> stuck around. Stuck around. Um. So we're getting close to the end of uh, all the things we've got to talk about here. Yeah, uh, so quickly, we had Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridged Series in bold here. Yep. Uh, I'm on about a 10-year streak of saying I'm going to rewatch this any day now and and not doing that. Put it on the pile of eventually. Yeah. Uh, It's still technically updating. Every few months a new episode will come out and I'll watch it and it's great. Um, Good stuff. (laughs) Uh, We were just shitting on all the CW superhero shows, but Legends of Tomorrow is on this list. And I've got to spruik this show again. Like... It, it it's shit but in all the right ways like yeah it, yeah the, i i you send me a clip of it every so often and it makes me think this is a show that is so aware of what it is and it's just rocking it yeah exactly it revels in its own stupidity and i think that like season one is like bad because they hadn't figured that out and season two is where it starts to click and season two is all right but like season three and four of this show are excellent because 
the show is just like we're fucking nonsense let's just go with it um I, <laughs> what a great attitude to have. I love yeah it. It, it, it works so well like i yeah if you just wait th- this is a great show if you've had a long day to just put on and you get to watch like a bunch of b-list comic book characters you probably never heard of um like fight a unicorn or a fairy godmother like it's just so good yeah yeah or watch a uh watch a shrunk down kaiju fight a drawn to life bookwoman with three breasts yeah <laughs> yeah did that I was send the you clip that you one? sent me most recently <laughs> yeah um we also talked about uh spider-men the different spider-men yeah so that was and back of course we we're doing a showdown yeah. episodes i don't know i guess because we'll, yes. i think we want to restart some of these bonus episodes so maybe you'll see some yeah. in the future if you keep listening but uh back in the day we yeah. used to do showdowns where we would uh compare uh, two things different that were things. similar and, and for argue example, about which is best. The last Airbender and Legend of Korra we did. Mm-hmm. And um yep. and, and so we did Spider Man and so I, I was repping uh Toby Maguire, <laughs> Sam Raimi Spider Man. Yeah. And you were repping Tom Holland, I think. Yes, but obviously that's kind of become invalidated now because the best Spider-Man is, of course, the animated Spider-Man from Spectacular Spider-Man, that old TV show that we also talked about no, on this podcast not. at it, one point. It's the Spider-Verse Spider-Man. Ah, <laughs> uh, sorry, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no. Yeah, obviously. No, I still love Spectacular Spider-Man. Definitely a good show. Check <laughs> okay. it out. Um, but no, sure. Spider-Verse was obviously incredible. Yeah, it was fantastic. Um, um, and The lowest box office performance of any Spider-Man movie. Did you know that? That's and it's the best one. Yeah, that's that's dumb. It's incredible. Yeah. Get your shit together, Earth. Um I know, right? It, um yeah. Sony has produced very successful <laughs> cri- financially and very unsuccessful and also very terrible uh, com- uh, critically and very well received critically movies and they're not the same. They're like they flip around. It's it's bizarre. There's no way. There's no way Spider-Verse made less money than The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Like, well, it, there is a way. We live in that universe, <laughs> Elliot, I'm afraid. Ah, oh, that's... Yeah, that's disgraceful. Um, y- Yeah. And I mean, obviously, like, Far From Home came out quite recently. Um, And actually, so, look, spoilers for Far From Home and our Spider-Man Showdown episode. Yeah. Uh, my main argument in, in uh, like, preference of the Raimi ones was that it had... uh jk simmons playing J. german jameson uh (laughs) and i I think i said if you had to pick which which spider-man to keep going you'd pick that one because of him and uh he's doing that Uh anyway (laughs) so so i lost lost my biggest uh biggest legs that i was standing on uh i looked up the numbers here for you elliot spider-verse made 370 million usd Mm -hmm. 370 the amazing spider-man 2 doubled that 700 million usd like i don't know how but it, it made twice as much at the box office that's got to be like animation bias like there's just a lot of people yeah, it, out there right, no who, who don't right? um who don't watch animated films because they're adults and they drink beer and have muscles or whatever yeah and and uh, yeah whatever uh so th- the last uh, the save the best for last here the last thing to talk about is uh would i lie to you that classic panel show um yeah i and i will every so often a uh a, a like single clip of somebody's lie from this show will make its way across my youtube recommendations and i'll watch it and then i'll spend like an hour watching youtube clips like you can just do that forever it's such a great <laughs> way to consume this show is just watching youtube clips of it um i would recommend it yeah i mean i would but like i actually just went through and binged all 11 seasons of the full episodes <laughs> like two years ago nice. um and so, like, you know, I, it's like when the new seasons come out, I get new clips to binge on YouTube, but that's it because, yeah, like, I had a lot of spare time back then and, and I managed to watch the entire series and it's all pretty good. Um, 
Like, definitely, like, the YouTube clip way is the way to go. Like, just find the best hits, because this show has some fucking golden moments. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um... And that's it. That's all of the stuff we wanted to talk about from our past episodes. But don't worry, this amazing annual checkup spectacular is not over yet. We have to award the Golden Stethoscopes. Uh, our yeah, series this is of a awards brand that we new. give to. Yeah, yes. it's a brand new segment. Um, so we've got a couple of categories here. Let's just go through them one by one. I'll start us off. Uh, yeah. The first category is the Rubens Choice Award. <laughs> the favorite thing that you prescribed to me this year, Elliot. And I've uh, picked out three things here that I want to talk about. Um, Comrade Detective, Game of Thrones, and Apocalypto. Uh, They all were great. Um, Comrade Detective really is, like, such a strange thing. (laughs) And it was so... It worked so well. And it really shouldn't have. Similarly with Apocalypto. um, Yeah. And, and I mean, I think, like, for me... Like, Comrade Detective was something that came to this show because I saw it. And I was like, this is fucking weird. Nobody's ever heard of this. Yeah, like, there's no way anyone's going to watch this. It was pretty much the textbook definition of, like, a Media MD recommended, recommendation, like, uh, nominee. Yeah, definitely. And I really loved it. Um, but I, I do think I actually have to give it to Game of Thrones. Like, I know that no one can bring up Game of Thrones anymore without people thinking that it's shit. Like, it's so... It, 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 it really did crash and burn so spectacularly but like <laughs> yeah got the the, I, the peaks were high though like yeah it's so i i watched it over such a short period of time that i can't just i can't think of it without thinking of some of the really great moments that are just like seared into my brain um so i i know it had its uh i know it had a bit of a downturn at the end there but i i think that's my favorite thing that you prescribed me this year elliot is game of thrones okay oh that's good to hear um yeah, I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of the books, and I mean, like, I would normally recommend the books, except for I don't like things that don't finish, and... And it's never going to finish, yeah, yeah. as much as Game of Thrones, the show, uh, you know, took a downturn, at least they got there. I mean, that's always tried to be my thinking, but, like, even then, I can't really be certain, but, uh, like, yeah, there are segments of the show that I would actually argue are, like, better than those sections of the book. Um, mm. Like, there are bits where the show, I think, outdid the books. Um, yeah, I agree. And, uh, but like the books, the books are very good. And if, if it's a world you found yourself getting sucked into, the books go a lot deeper. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the show cuts so many characters, half of them for the best probably, but yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, that's good yeah. to know. So congratulations to our Congrats, Game, of, Game Thrones of Thrones for yep. winning Ruben's Choice. You can still win. This is the only award <laughs> yeah, you can win nowadays. <laughs> uh, their single award for 2019. Um, yeah. No, when do they do those, um... So, wait, it's not the Rotten Tomato Awards, but they have, like, the anti-Oscars Oh, thing, the, right? the, Raz, the Razzies. Yeah, the Razzies. I wouldn't be surprised but if... They're for movies, I think, not for TV shows. Oh, okay. I don't know. Maybe they have a TV show Razzie. Well, they, could, they could make one, like, if they wanted to ride the wave. <laughs> yeah, they don't really follow a strict format, do they? Um, <clears throat> not like us. Anyway, so the, uh, the next award is the Elliot's Choice Award. Um, and so this is an mm. award where I decide what my favourite uh, recommendation from Ruben was. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't realize we're meant to make like a list of nominees, so I'm quickly uh, whatever. I'm quickly running just... through the list. Um, no, no, you don't have to. You've already, uh, you've just revealed your answer to me by highlighting yeah. it. Oh, uh, yes, yeah, so I picked the winner. It was David Tennant does a podcast with. Mm. Um, like I, I know it was fairly recent, but wait, this is something I definitely would have missed. Uh, so you know, it, it gets it gets like bonus points for fitting the criteria really well, and I just really fucking enjoyed it. Uh, so. Like, yeah, I, I think for me, this is the sort of thing 
I want to get out of Meteor MD is something I really enjoy that I never would have given a chance to. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it when it came to me. When uh, <laughs> Actually, uh, I don't know if I told the story about how this podcast came to me, but um, I was sick, I think, uh, and I was just kind of like lying in bed sleeping one day, and my girlfriend came over and was just like, oh, this will help, and just pulled up this random podcast where David Tennant was interviewing uh, Olivia Coleman, <laughs> and I was like, shit, this is so good, <laughs> and it cured me, and so, you know, now I, now I preach it everywhere. Man, uh, yeah. Okay, this is a weird aside, but like I had, I had a I had a very different experience when I was in college. I got like really sick one time, mm-hmm. and I couldn't get out of bed for like two days. Mm-hmm. And I found this show on like the college NAS called Legend of the Seeker, um, okay. which is based on like a, a really well a fairly big fantasy set of books. Anyway, I fucking loved it. Like I, I just binged it in like two days, and I was like, this is the greatest mm-hmm. show ever. So I got out of like when I was better, I went out and I was like, everyone, you got to check out this show. It's really good. And we all sat down to watch it together. And it was fucking awful. <laughs> Legend of the Seeker. All right. Yeah, it's coming to a Media MD episode near you. <laughs> yeah, no, wait, that's it was like Oh my god, I'm looking at it now. It looks atrocious. Yeah, it, it was so good when I was like half dead. When, and, and then the when main I watched character's it, name is Richard Cipher. Yeah, look, it's it's real bad. Um but if you're uh, if you're like on your deathbed, check it out, apparently. Yeah. Um, it's good if you're <laughs> close to death. <laughs> all right um well congratulations david tennant again biggest award uh, I'm, I'm very proud of you <laughs> um so our next award that we want to talk about is our most improved award so a prescription that uh really improved after we talked about it uh, so something that we uh, that had time to sit with us and uh, we want to kind of revisit and give a most improved award um now you've written worm down here yeah. i don't know if that's a fair <laughs> nomination no, no. Uh, wait I, I I sort of had misunderstood exactly like the premise of the Like, we already knew Worm was great, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think, yeah, I, I, I'd sort of... I was thinking this was the most impact um, award, and, and mm. so that's why it was there. Uh, no, I think the, the other nominee uh, is, is probably one of the clear winner uh in this category for me which is the adventure zone yes i think when we talked about it on the show uh it was just towards the end of balance um yeah which probably is a one of the lowest points for the series maybe the start of amnesty is the same but then after that they had the uh the pilots for the new shows which i found all quite compelling and then we got into amnesty which is really really picked up place yep yeah um, so congratulations to the McElroys for their uh, mm-hmm. for their for their win here. Um, now our next <laughs> our next category, I think we all know where it's going. It's the uh, most disappointing conclusion award. It, uh, did you just make up this award specifically for the winner? Because it no, kind of feels like it. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Like I thought, oh, that, this would be a good one, and then I sat and thought about it for five seconds. I was like, oh well, we know who's winning it this year, <laughs> but maybe it'll be interesting next year. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. obviously this has to go to Game of Thrones I mean I put down Westworld here but it like Westworld even though I am disappointed by how it's continued it doesn't hold a candle yeah. to Game of Thrones <laughs> yeah. not even close um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so congrats I guess <laughs> yeah uh, so the next award is the most surprising like so this is uh, mm. you know prescription we didn't expect to enjoy but then we really did um, yeah and so for me like I've put up two nominees for this, which is 36 Questions and Heathers. So it's the two mm. musicals that you brought to me uh, this year. And and I think yeah. that's because, like, in general, musicals are something I like, but I don't love. Uh, mm. And I fell head over heels for both of these. 
Yes. Uh, I, I brought to the table Explained, which is something that I, I didn't expect to enjoy as much as I did. Honestly, I found each episode very, very captivating. Um, now, how do we resolve this? Do we have to fight them to the death or... Oh, scissor, paper, rock. Um, no, I, I right. think I think Explained... <laughs> oh, wait, wait, just... Uh, because even for me, like when I discovered it, uh, you know, like a month before bringing it here, it very much had the same effect on me. This is a show that I did not expect to enjoy... Um, but my my girlfriend was like, oh, let's watch this. And I was like, mm. oh, okay. And then I, yeah, loved it. Yeah. All right. Well, congrats to The Explained. I mean, not The Explained, just Explained. <laughs> uh, our final award is uh, called the Reigning Champ Award. And we wanted to set up this award just so we could have the thing that we thought was the best thing that we've talked about for the entire life of the show. Um, yeah. When I think, like, part of my reasoning for this personally was uh the we haven't done these awards up until now and there are some great recommendations from the first two years that i think deserve some recognition yeah yeah um and so we have a few things in this category i wanted to put the good wife up for nomination here yeah i think crazy ex-girlfriend is something that we've that really has impacted us um and so this category really does have a lot of things that have honestly kind of changed our lives but when we think about it in that context, there's only really one thing that yeah. could possibly uh, win here, right? Uh, that would be episode 13, where Ruben yeah. uh, introduced me to the world of Wild Bow through Worm. Um, yes, and that really was one of the <laughs> reasons that I wanted to start this podcast. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you it's, know, it's, it's... Here we are, like, eight arcs of Pact later, and I think it's fair yeah. to say that uh, it had an impact on both our lives. Yeah, um, and it, honestly, it's like it's kind of hard to measure because not only are we doing Deep Impact now and we're on the Doof Network, but like I don't think I've ever had something that I'm so consistently engaged by as Worm and now Ward and Pact and, and even Twig, which I've read most of at this point. I'm still <laughs> making my way through it when I have time. Um, <laughs> like, I don't think there's anything that... Like, shows will come along like S.H.I.E.L.D. where I'll... I'll watch it as soon as a new episode comes out for the season but i know that if it was releasing an episode every week i just wouldn't there would be a point where i fall off of that and i don't think i've ever had that point where i haven't been reading a worm or a ward chapter after like later than a day after it dropped maybe (laughs) Um, i I had that one period where i felt like a month behind in in ward because we were mm. drowning in pact at the time um but yeah, like it, it was, it was something I was very like antsy about that whole month. I kept being like, "Oh, tomorrow I'm going to catch up," and then just wouldn't have the time, and then finally yeah. binged it all in in one plane flight. But um, yeah, I, I agree. Like, I think I think I almost go through like phases of hype for various things. Like, you know, like mm. and, and this applies to all media. Like, you know, like Breath of the Wild came out, and I was like Zelda obsessed again for a couple of months. I went back and played some yeah. of the old ones, and and yeah, like Agents of Shield was something where I remember season two. It was like. The, the greatest thing ever for, yeah, for a couple every time of a shield season comes out it's like that for me right yeah whereas like i don't think i've been as consistently engaged with a community or a set of works as i had been have been with worm like you know since i started worm two and a half years ago like it's just been wobber stuff has been a consistent part of my life and in, in a very heavy way and i don't think i've had that before yeah yeah um congrats Wildbo, congrats worm for being the reigning champ yes uh, will it get unseated next year it's hard to say i think we'll have but, to uh, make it that it has to be a new thing that wins it because otherwise <laughs> i don't know i kind of like the idea of, <laughs> of us just having the worm award for reigning champ we'll have to add in a second place award or something <laughs> yeah yeah maybe um 
Uh, are there any format changes that we want to announce? Normally we would announce format changes to the show during the annual checkup. And yeah. We talked about joining the Doof Network. Um, yeah, that's probably the big one. I, I think, um, you know, so those of us who, are, those of you who are with us during our second year will remember the bonus episodes. We've sort of mentioned yeah. we, we plan to kickstart those. We, we haven't exactly figured out exactly what that looks like yet. Um, yeah. What it probably looks like is one extra episode, you know, maybe a month or every two months where we just talk about something that we're kind of keen on talking about yeah so something that doesn't fit our main format of um you know uh the prescriptions uh that one of us hasn't seen but something that yep. you know we think is worth you know a short episode hopefully we could still yeah. do those now is that maybe are, a are smaller piece of content are we allowed to do <laughs> short allowed? episodes anymore <laughs> i don't know now that we're on the different network <laughs> no, they all have to be fucking two hours long <laughs> um speaking of uh i so before we wrap up of course it's time to prescribe uh, the new piece of media for next fortnight. And we hinted yes. at it being a comic book, right? Yeah. Um, let's reveal what it is. I'm bringing to you the new run of The Flintstones, the comic book series. Um, have you got them in front of you there, Elliot? I, I'm holding them right now because and, cool. and I've sort of told you this. I read some of the things on the cover. Yeah. And I mean, I, I want to draw your attention to the top left there. Uh, the DC? Uh, no, just b- just below that, thanks. I mean, the DC thing, I guess, is important too. Well, that's the top left. Um, okay. Well, no, I, I do just want to say, I saw a couple of episodes of the Flintstones as a kid, and um, <laughs> I, like, I'm befuddled right now, to say the least, looking at these yeah. covers and reading, like, Hollywood Reporter saying, one of the sharpest social satires around, in and out of comics. Yes. Um, this is a incredible comic book, Elliot. But before I get into it specifically, I want to touch on the context behind it. Um, Fred Flintstone this... looks like Mr. Incredible. Sorry, I'll, I'll put know, them he's down. He's wild, isn't he? Um, I, I, on the cover, you can see... I've forgotten her name. Pebble, I think it is. She's holding a book that says Cannibalism, the Unknown Ideal. And I think that's a great <laughs> kind of small summary of what this book is about, basically. But let's get back to it a little bit later. Because um, I want to touch on where these books came from. Because this isn't the only Hanna-Barbera comic book that has come out um sitting next to it on my desk is the fourth volume of scooby universe uh sorry scooby apocalypse which is a reimagined <laughs> scooby-doo where uh the mystery gang are in a post-apocalyptic world where monsters have become real and they're trying to survive and find a cure to turn people that have been turned into monsters back into people so um, so basically this universe is like a bunch of shitty kids shows from like the 70s and stuff that they make into weird like serious yes, comics They've repurposed these IPs into basically completely different comics. So Scooby Apocalypse is a kind of action mystery comic. Uh, The Flintstones is a a social satire. There was a Wacky Raceland comic that was a kind of short exploration of the psyches of these characters trapped in an eternal race. Um, I know they have a... I've forgotten the name of the character. Um, There's there's a bunch of other ones. Um, (laughs) But we're just going to touch on the Flintstones one because it's very weird (laughs) um (laughs) basically the premise is it's the flintstones and there there's a kind of a a plot each each episode or so that has an analog to current mostly current u.s politics and kind of explores it through the lens of like what it would have been like if these issues existed in the town of bedrock in you know the the deep past um what so when did these come out uh, it started coming out in 2016 and I think it ended, uh, so there were 12 episodes, so I guess it came out for about a year. Um, okay. So t- yeah, pretty 16 recent. to 17. Yeah. Um, and it does feel reactionary to the Trump win in the U S 
um, a, a lot of stuff about. So I don't know if you know this, but in the Flintstones, uh, a lot of the things that would be done by machinery in the modern world are done by animals in the bedrock town. Yeah, um, yeah. As I said, I saw like bits of this as a kid. Yeah. Um, and I, I, there was a movie that came out when I was like ten, like a live yes. action one. I remember listening to the uh, to the theme song done by the B fifty twos. Oh, jeez. Um, I'd <laughs> anyway, forgotten that detail. Um, yeah, I think I saw I, it when I, I was like ten, and there's there's like some individual scenes imprinted on my memory, but like not yeah. good ones. Yeah, uh, don't worry about that, Elliot. You don't you don't need to think about the other stuff at all. It's not important. Um, I, I brought up the animals thing because one of the key kind of elements of this is the kind of class divide between the town of Bedrock and also the animals that serve as their um as their like okay. appliances. Uh, thing there's a lot of stuff about immigration policy that oh, exists God. in in this. <laughs> um, yes, it's very strange. Of course, there's also just like a lot of really good puns. Uh, if you open the cover, you'll see on like the the first page of the indoor cover is a kind of like overhead map of 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 bedrock, and it's just a bunch of of weird things. Um, uh, uh, like uh, oh god, the Pleistocene. Yeah. Yep, all kinds of weird uh, buildings. Um, anyway, this is the kind of book <laughs> that it is. It's like a a, a quite funny social satire, well, and it's wha- very strange. Wamoth, Bamoth, thank you, Mammoth. That's yep. pretty good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh yeah so so yeah this i wanted to bring this because i obviously we did uh hawkeye a while ago and i i don't think you really got into the comic format but i think it was a mistake of mine bringing a more plot related comic rather than a one that that kind of is able to take the format of just doing a different episode about a different thing each time and really run with it um so i'm hopeful that you will uh really get into this one Um, yeah it's short it's it's finished and it's there and it's great yeah, because we've talked about, like, when we've talked about comics in the past, like, my issue is I tend to just end up reading them like books. Like, I just go from speech bubble to speech bubble. So, I will remember yep. the advice you gave me when I read Hawkeye, which is to try and <laughs> stop and appreciate the pictures. Um, yes, you should do that, but I think that's less important for this one. I, I think okay. it is still important, but um, I think you'll still get this kind of the satire out of it uh, without needing to kind of slow down too much. But it probably is worth going on a second read through because this is the kind of comic where there's a lot of like good jokes hidden in the background of some of the panels, yeah. stuff like that. I think visual gags might be the way to like sneak this pattern into me of actually looking at the pictures. Yeah. yeah. Well, I um, guess we'll see. Yeah, and uh, that's that's what I'm bringing to you. Um, it's a real strange thing to exist, but I'm very <laughs> glad that it does. Perfect. Um, and we've reached the end of our annual checkup tacular. Thanks everyone for joining us. It's a pretty long episode, but there, there was a lot to talk about. Um, yeah, we're part of the, we're part of the Doofy Network now, so it's sort of... <laughs> so know, all the episodes will be like this. It was the legal ob- obligation that we do at least one this long. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good to be on the network. Uh, I guess our, our new home, if you want to check out our website, is doofmedia.com. And on there you'll find all the other shows on the Doof Media Network. Vow to View, which is about to change its format to be an OC fancast, which I'm very excited for. Oh, I mean, that's really um, just embracing the best parts of the podcast. I'm so excited for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can also find Deep Impact, our, our other show, which is also on the Doof Media Network. Yes. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously us joining Doof... Um, 
it really helps us sort of keep this podcast afloat, you know, um, like the with website fees and, you know, the need to, to buy the comic books that Ruben keeps trying to force me to read. Um, <laughs> and, and you know, we can only do that because of the support of Doof's patrons. So if you head to yep. patreon.com slash doofmedia, uh, you can help, you know, keep this podcast and all the others on the Doof Network up and running. Yeah. Um, if you want to interact with the show, send us your thoughts on the Flintstones comics. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at MediaMDPodcast, uh, or you can email us at our email, which is MediaMDPodcast at gmail.com. Um, and of course, if you can't remember any of those things that I just spelled out in, in letters, then uh, the the place to go is DoofMedia.com, where you can find links to all of these things, as well as all of the previous clues for the MediaMD ARG. You can help us figure out just who is Dr. MD, and why are his awards shows so long? Elliot, why don't you tell the listeners this fortnight's clue? Watch, watch, and we'll see you next fortnight.